Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, in this episode we're going to look at a parable of Jesus out of Matthew 13, verses 47 through 50. Not a very long parable, but this one is known as the parable of the net. And it has to do, like many of Jesus' parables, with the kingdom of heaven and what it is like. And for such a short parable, there's an awful lot that we should take a look at here and really dive into. So, Let's get started. The parable, as I said, is about the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus in this parable compares that to a net that is put down into the water and gathers fish of, and I quote, every kind. Now, that's a rather vague term, isn't it? Fish of every kind. What does that mean? What kinds of fish are we talking about? Well, that word, kind, is used in many, many different ways in the New Testament. And most often, it actually has a national or racial or ethnic component to it. We see this in Mark 7, 26, where it has a very specifically racial or ethnic tone. We also see it, though, in Mark 9, 29, where Jesus says that this kind of demon only comes out through prayer. And in this case, obviously, it doesn't have a ethnic or racial sense to it. It really means more of a certain quality, a certain type. It can also have a connotation of family or genealogical descent. We see this in Acts 4.6. It can refer to specific offspring or descendants, and we see this in Acts 17.28. And it can, again, more generally refer to different or various types. And Paul uses it in this way in 1 Corinthians 12.10 and 12.28 to refer to the different kinds and various kinds of tongues, speaking of human languages. Now, if we look at all these different connotations and we apply it back to this parable, in what sense is Jesus saying that this net, this kingdom of heaven, is gathering fish of every kind? Well, it certainly could, on the surface, refer to people from every nation, right? Or every tongue, in the same way that Paul refers to it. So we could be splitting people up by languages or nationality or ethnic backgrounds or descendants. But I don't think any of those are correct. And the reason is, if we look just a few verses later in the parable, and we ask the question, how are the fish sorted? we see that they are not sorted by race or ethnicity or familial ties or language. They're sorted by their goodness and their badness. Now, it's not on our own merit or moral goodness that the good fish enter the kingdom of heaven. And we know this because there is a parallel parable in Matthew 13, just a few verses before in verses 36 through 43, when Jesus is explaining the parable of the weeds to his disciples. And in that parable, which again, the the pieces of the parable are almost identical, it's just a different setting, he explains that the good seed in this 
particular instance, are those who belong to God's kingdom. And the bad are those who will be gathered out of his kingdom, which is to say the sinners and the lawbreakers. Now, there's a couple things to unpack here. First, those who belong to God's kingdom are who Jesus considers good. And by analogy, in this parable of the net, those who he considers good fish that would be sorted into the kingdom of heaven would likewise be those who belong to God's kingdom. And we know, if we use scripture to interpret scripture, that belonging to God's kingdom, the heart of the gospel message, has nothing to do with our own merit. We don't earn our salvation. My own moral goodness or my goodness as a human has nothing to do with whether or not I belong to God's kingdom. And so when these fish are sorted by good and bad, that's not to say in their own merit or earned moral sense. It's to say that they are sorted based upon whether or not they belong to God's kingdom. In other words, they're sorted based upon what they believe about Jesus. So what makes a person a good fish in this parable is that they have trusted Jesus. They belong to the kingdom of God. And a person is bad, well, if we're using the parable of the weeds as our analogy here to help us interpret, they are the sinners and the lawbreakers. But I want us to see in that parable earlier in, in Matthew 36 through 43 that Jesus specifically says that the angels will gather these bad folks out of his kingdom. Now, wait a second. I didn't think that sinners and lawbreakers could be in the kingdom of God. But Jesus specifically says that they will be gathered out of his kingdom. And the same thing is implied here in this parable of the net. The net is put down, and the net is the kingdom of God, and both good fish and bad fish end up in the net? How is it that bad fish end up in the kingdom of God? Well, they won't stay there, because as Jesus says, they will be sorted out, and they'll be thrown into the fire. But what we see here in these parables is this tension in the New Testament, which we encounter all throughout the Gospels, and even into the the church letters, of the already versus not yet qualities of the kingdom of God. In many, many ways, the kingdom of God is here. Jesus said as much that his kingdom has come. It's here. And that his disciples and those who saw him doing his works and miracles were witnessing the inbreaking of the kingdom of God into the earthly kingdom that belongs to Satan and the rulers of this age. The kingdom of God is at hand. And yet, there is a sense in which the kingdom of God isn't here yet. It's not final. It's not fully established. And so, while God's kingdom is real, and it's here, and we are part of it if we belong to him, there's also a sense in which it's overlapping with the worldly kingdoms. And therefore, there are going to be people with sort of a foot in the kingdom of God that don't really belong there. But God promises, and Jesus says in these parables, that it'll all be sorted out in the end. So I want us to think about this parable on a couple levels. One, this is a reinforcement of the gospel message here. 
My goodness is not determined by my merit or my works, but by the work of Jesus. And two, that no matter what I seem to to see as I look out in the world today, I can rest in the fact that when it's all said and done, when Jesus decides that it's time, he's going to give the word and everyone is going to be sorted out. That the way things are where we're all mixed up in just all the yuck in the world today isn't going to be forever. There is hope. There is an end. And we can trust and pray that it comes quickly. But Jesus promises us that it's not an if, it is a when. And so I hope you'll join me in praying that that when happens very, very soon. 